The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex. Got more of your texts coming, 512-447-3776. We'll reset some news about the good news. Who's coming back to Texas? I've not seen the last one. We'll tell you the other person who's there. Some news from Tuscaloosa or no news or whatever we've got from Tuscaloosa. We'll tell you that. Some NFL talk as well. We'll get to all of that uh, here in hour two. We'll continue our discussions on the text line, 512-447-3776 about basketball, talking some NBA, talking some college basketball, anything you want to throw in there. Uh, send those texts in as well. And a trade deadline coming up uh, less than a month away now, so we can get into all of that talk and the poll of the day because of the trade deadline. What is your most hated trade of all time? I'm not saying the worst. What's your most hated? What was the one that you as a fan said, I hate this, I still hate this, I'm never going to like it. Maybe maybe you said I hated it, and then now you like it. Maybe, But maybe it's just one of those... I hate this trade. I don't like the player I got. I don't like the way we're. I don't like the guy we're sending out. Maybe, maybe it's one of your favorites they sent away. Maybe it's one of your least favorites they got. You know, sometimes those work out. I mean, it wasn't a trade, but when the Spurs signed Robert Ory, man, I didn't. I was not feeling that one. Beat us at the Lakers. Beat us with the Rockets. But when he played for Spurs, I was having fun watching him play in my my team's uniform. I enjoyed that for sure. Uh, recapping the starting the news, and we'll get to the text line in just one second. 512-447-3776. I uh, do want to hit uh, a little bit of the recap of the news for college football before we get some NFL talk. Uh, the big news is Quinn Ewers has made his decision on where he will end up playing football next season. And uh, let's just uh, let's let you let's let him tell you. Longhorn Nation. Ever since I was a kid, I've dreamed of playing quarterback at the University of Texas. I couldn't be more thankful to all my teammates and coaches, and I'm beyond grateful to be in the position that I'm in. God has shown me who I truly am these past two years that I've been here. And through the ups and downs, these fans and this university has always had my back. And with that being said, I'm coming back. Hook them. That is what Quinn posted today on all his social media to let the world know that he is coming back to Texas uh, for another season of football. Uh, it does mean that Texas now has a lot more experience uh, in that in that quarterback room, a lot more ex- experience in the quarterback position, that offense that is losing so many key pieces uh, from Jay Witt to Xavier Worthy to Adonai Mitchell to JT Sanders and what, 75, 80% of your targets this season are all leaving, uh, going to the NFL. And best of luck to all of those guys. But to add a little bit more consistency, to add into the fact that you're now going into the transfer portal saying that you're going to be able to play. And if you stay for two years, you're playing with Quinn and then Arch. And to, but to say you're coming in this season, we know what's happening. Ar- Quinn Ewers, who is the current front runner uh, with Jalen Milrow, for the Heisman Trophy next season, the early voting, and I know that's a lot of it is because they know Texas players have Texas fans have money and will spend it. But to have all of that, to have Quinn Ewers coming back is a big, big plus for Texas. It's a big plus for Sark. It also means and all the talk about Tuscaloosa and Saban that you know Quinn Ewers probably talked to Saban and got his assurance he would be back. But it is a big news, uh, and for someone to know the system as well as he does, uh, for someone that we saw his progress 
from year one to year two. And in season, there's improvement, but that offseason and how much better he looked, how much better he's more comfortable he is in that offense. When you see guys like Michael Penix and, and Jalen Daniels and and uh, Jordan Travis and and you know just all those guys that have been playing at multiple places and not even playing multiple places but multiple years and had more and more experience on them, how well those guys play with more experience that you know you may be getting something special from Quinn Ewers is staying another year. He said that it, it felt right for him to get another year of experience, uh, another year of mentorship and coaching from Sark. All of that is going to help him get to where he wants to be, and it makes sense in an NFL draft with a lot of quarterbacks in it and a lot of good quarterbacks. So let those guys go and you know give yourself a better chance to be a top 10 or, top 10 or a first-round quarterback in next year's draft. Get yourself better prepared for when you get to the NFL to be able to succeed instead of being, you know, a third or fourth round pick that's a not guaranteed contract and maybe they don't necessarily give you the attention they need to or you're thrown in way too soon and you're not ready to go yet. Both those happen to a lot of guys in the NFL, so uh, I'm happy for the decision from Quinn. I know we're going to see a ton of clickbait articles and we've already seen people and every, you know, analyst with nothing else to talk about which why do you have nothing else to talk about right now in the sports? Uh, but they're all saying Arch is gone. I don't. There's still no belief. I'm, I'm sure that Arch and Quinn have talked. I'm sure that none of this was surprising. The reports were that Quinn was coming back midway through the season after he suffered the injury. That the reports were that Quinn was coming back. That Arch that Quinn was coming back. So we figured Arch was coming back. He didn't transfer. Plus we know that most quarterbacks don't play an entire season. You know most quarterbacks have at some point miss a game or miss time. And Arch will be the guy there. He's going to help his in development to be move up to that two role and kind of take the steps forward, get into a place where he's going to be able to play better and better. I think it's just a great thing all across the board for Texas for Quinn Ewers to be coming back. The last person that we have not heard from is Jada Barron. Uh, that is the last name uh, that you know. You know, some people hate the secondary and want everybody gone. I personally prefer to see him come back, but if he decides to move on. Uh, then best of luck to him as well. Uh, but he's the last person that is contemplating. I'm sure waiting to see, uh, you know, who what Texas does in the secondary, what Texas ends up if they are keeping their coaches, if they're bringing in a Dwayne Aquina, or if they're bringing in some other help. Uh, seeing what that'll be. I'm sure he's waiting to to hear more from NFL scouts to that maybe he move up a little bit more or move down and and all of those come into it. Maybe talking to his family. Maybe talking. You know, making you know, spending some time alone to figure that out. But we'll, I'm sure we'll hear about that. Uh, but that's the last one to hear there. Uh, also, over in college football, Dan Lanning uh, was reported to be in Tuscaloosa last night. Whether that was true or not, or whether that was just a great job from Dan Lanning to put out a hype film for Oregon and for himself going into the Big Ten and a recruiting film, it seems like maybe it was more of a ply that he got a phone call that people were looking at him, but he's a five million dollar buyout. At Oregon, so it was never probably. And they have the pockets at Alabama; they could do it if they wanted to. Uh, it's not like a forty million or something like that. It's five million. It's a lot, but they could have done it. They didn't have to buy out Saban, so you know you're not hurting there. Uh, but he is apparently moved on, or he's staying at Oregon. Sorry, uh, he's going to be staying at Oregon, and he put out a big video that was basically saying, "There's nothing that you couldn't do here in Oregon." That than anywhere else, and this is the best place to be, and uh, this is the best job in the country and everything to get more recruits. So I think that he may have used this all as a ploy to, hey, let me get some more money from Oregon, and 
let me get more recruits and go try and pilfer, you know, Alabama. The 30-day portal is open when your coach leaves or a coach change, coaching change happens. So that is open for Alabama. If any of those players want to walk away, we still don't know about Jim Harbaugh. If that portal opens at Michigan, you could have two teams in the college ball playoff changing coaches, two teams with 30-day transfer portal opens, and people going to look, and now Texas has an experienced quarterback. Could those guys want to go? Could somebody, could you get a wide receiver? Could you get somebody else from one of those teams that may want to come and play one more year of football or two more years? Maybe someone that went over to play for the greatest of all time, the guy who has more number one or first-round draft picks, more first-round draft picks than losses at his time as Alabama, and they may not like the next guy. By the way, what you're hearing now is one of the ones they're talking to is Kalen DeBoer. Is that Kalen DeBoer from Washington, which makes sense in a lot of ways that the AD that hired Kalen DeBoer isn't there anymore that he's losing Penix and Adunze and a lot of players on that Washington team. He's going to have to rebuild. He doesn't have the recruiting class necessarily. I don't know if he has the recruiting chops to be the coach at Alabama, but I know he's a hell of a coach. And they could get some other recruiters in there and try and help him out with that. So we'll see what he ends up doing. But Kalen DeMore right now is probably the top name, top of the name, uh, top of the list of names that you may see at Alabama, uh, Dabo Sweeney, Mike Norvell, both are going to be taught, uh, looked after too. Uh, but every report is basically saying they're asking for three days from their players, three days to not jump into the portal, not jump out of it, to the recruits, to the players, three days to say, let us go hire your next guy. Let us show you what we're going to do here at Alabama. We're still going to be great. So you expect that decision sooner rather than later, and Kalen DeBoer makes the most sense for it to be sooner rather than later uh, if they make that move. Uh, so that is the news in college football. Uh, let's get back to the text line before we talk some NB, or it's NFL. Sorry, 512-447-3776. Talking uh, you know, college football, the news with yours today, the news with Nick Saban and what's going to be happening in coaching. We're talking about uh, NBA, the trade deadline coming up. Spires get a win. They're not the worst team in the league or the, the worst record. They're now third. They're third now, man. They're moving up them charts. Uh, talk some NCAA basketball as well with all the – the, the madness that is happening in NCAA basketball, it's only January. Uh, Texter says, as a Tex fan, as a Tech fan, I don't like seeing Brian, uh, Brock Cunningham on the court. He's got that dog. Yeah. Yeah, he does got that dog in him. Uh, as a matter of fact, Patrick, I believe the entire world should stop playing basketball, period. Jordan from Round Rock. I apologize, Jordan from Round Rock. I love basketball. I played it every single day growing up. Uh, it's my favorite sport. I love football. I love football. I watch a lot of baseball. I like baseball a lot, too. Uh, but I am a basketball junkie. I, that's what I love doing. So you're going to hear basketball talk uh, all season. And plus, it's the off season. <laughs> I mean, I don't know I don't know how much I can talk about things that aren't happening. But you know, look, we'll talk NFL, too, because uh, there is the playoffs coming up on Saturday. So there is a lot coming up. And tomorrow's show is going to have a ton of NFL uh, getting us ready for uh, the playoffs in the first round. And, and both Texas teams are in, which is always great to see. Uh, going to be a lot of losses at the top of college basketball. It's already started. Yes, teams one, two, three, and five all lost. Number nine, Oklahoma lost as well within the past two days. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, we get uh, the Mac the McCaffrey trade. Being a Cowboys fan, yeah, that is. Uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, I would hate that trade too. That uh, did not work well. I like the trade because it ended up working out really well. I think it kind of worked out for both teams. They need to get McCaffrey off the Panthers and uh, the, 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 the 49ers. It has been, I'm a big uh, Shanahan fan, 
Kyle Shanahan fan, and man, giving him that toy feels unfair. It does feel unfair. Uh, text says, I don't think Brock is trash. He's a big asset, but maybe he doesn't need to start. I, that's what I was saying earlier. That's what I was saying earlier is I think where you'd like to end up is with Shedrick and DeSue as the two bigs in that lineup, Dylan Mitchell as your third, uh, and then Tyrese Hunter and Max Acemas. That's your starting lineup. I think that's where you need to be headed by March, uh, headed in that direction. Uh, I know that they're trying to play around with it with the minutes restriction on DeSue, and, and Shedrick kind of has the minute restrictions too with that re- surgically repaired shoulder. So I think that they're kind of trying to figure that out. But I think in reality, you'd like to come out and your closing lineup. Also, your closing lineup is kind of more in today's basketball, the be-all, end-all, who's out there at the end of the game. And see, that's your beginning and end lineup is Shedrick and DeSue with Dylan Mitchell, Max A. Smith, and uh, Tyrese Hunter. I think that's where you want to head up if you're Texas. Uh, Chan says, why has Sark been offered a con? Why hasn't, I'm guessing, saying uh, Sark a contract to date? Uh, because, well, also to throw in, I believe the agent for Sark is the agent for Dan Lanning, is the agent for Kalen DeBoer, is the agent for Mike Norvell, is the agent for uh, Dabo Sweet. Like, the agent for... Uh, for Sark is the agent for he's really con- the one guy is controlling. They all Alabama has to do is call one guy. They just got to call this one agent. He goes, I'll, I'll talk to my guys. So there's one like mega agent that does a lot of coaches and a lot of the top coaches. So I think they're probably busy on some other things. But Texas is working on it behind the scenes. You got to you know there's a lot of contract talk in that, and then you also throw in any extinction. You want to expand the buyout, but he wants to extend his buyout. So it's not necessarily the money, the numbers of how much a year it is, but all right, well, we want to make it if someone else wants to hire you and you go away that they got to pay us $20 million. And Sark says, cool, but I want $50 million if you fire me. And then they go, well, we don't want to do. So those numbers are a lot where you have to negotiate and kind of find that middle ground in there. Uh, Texas, favorite trade, Jordan Alvarez to the Astros for Josh Field from the Dodgers. I appreciate it. It's not the question, but I appreciate it. I appreciate the the uh, solid, uh, solid guess on – or solid – uh, correct assessment that that trade from Jordan uh, was a great trade. Uh, also, by the way, if you're an Astros fan, I'll tell you this from this, uh, Chaz McCormick and Kyle Tucker both reached deals with the Astros to avoid arbitration today. So uh, two outfielders for the Astros both reached deals to avoid arbitration today. So uh, good news there from the Astros. Uh, now, there's still other issues, but you know, put that in there. Uh <laughs> Dexter says, if, we, if we're talking NBA today, can we reminisce about how Akeem worked Robinson like a dime? I'm not saying this. Come on. Stroh's losing, losing Nolan Ryan sucked. Yes, it did. Uh, I remember the greatest story about that is that the Dallas media had to go find out how old he was because they were all excited that they got him. The Rangers were like, we got a guy. We got Nolan. And then they were like trying to go find an almanac or something, like a baseball almanac to say how old Nolan Ryan actually was. And they realized he was like 40. And they're like, oh, uh-oh. Oh, okay. Still good, though. Still good. <laughs> it's always a great story. Uh, Dexter says, uh, let's see. I'm a Vikings fan. The worst may have been what Dallas got for Herschel Walker back in the day. I love that ESPN 30 for 30 short, the great trade robbery. Great stuff about how they put it together, and they Minnesota thought they were fleecing the Cowboys. They're like, dude, we're giving up all these garbage guys. For, for Herschel Walker, he's the best player in, in football. We're going to dominate him. And basically, Jimmy Johnson had put in uh, trade equivalents. So if they cut the guy, they got a draft pick instead. 
and the Vikings didn't even think that the Cowboys would be crazy enough to cut like seven guys to get the draft picks, but that's what ended up happening. The Cowboys cut all the guys. They didn't want any of them. They just wanted the draft picks, but they knew they couldn't negotiate the draft picks out of it, uh, and it's that makes it a great Jimmy Johnson trade. One of the reasons that that team got built was that trade. Uh, worst trade ever had to be Dick trading all their picks for Ricky Williams. Nobody is worth that. Yeah, they gave up a ton for Ricky, and Dick could, you know, like those personalities had to, they just could not match either. Like if I think of guys that would not be the best coach for Ricky Williams, Dick has got to be at the top of that list. But, you know, that's that was, I, I like, I'm happy that people thought Ricky was that good out of Texas. But, yeah, it was not the, that was not the trade. <laughs> uh, Nate says, I hated trading uh, Herschel Walker. Uh, that's another one. Yeah. The Herschel Walker agree with that totally. Uh, and Freak Nasty says, I just turned in, love the show, Patrick. What if USC fires Lincoln Riley to hire Pete back? I don't think that's happening. Uh, Pete, Ry- Pete Carroll, again, he's 72 years old. And to come back to college at this point with, you know, the same reason why, why Saban left. You're saying, man, the days, the amount of hours I have to work because I'm constantly, I'm not just recruiting. I have to then keep recruiting my own players. And I have to keep them. I have to now boost to get NIL money that I didn't have to boost before and go through all this legal mumbo jumbo with that of making sure that I'm, you know, getting the right things in there, but talking to one guy to make sure and trying to get word of this is the guy we want to pay and not this guy. We need to make sure the money's right over here and all that kind of stuff, making sure you're having to hire coaches because you have attrition at the coaching position because they keep, they keep taking away your coaches and they keep hiring your coaches away and everyone's coming after you because you're the GOAT, and they know, well, if Saban likes him, then he's got to be great. That that amount of stress, and that's what Pete Carroll kind of went through. The NFL is less than that. You get some more time off. Uh, but with the NFL, the problem is it gets harder and harder uh, to change it up the older you get, and sometimes you just need to change up, and I think that's what Seattle needed. But I do not see him going back to USC. Now, he may end up back at USC in a few years in that advisor role, in a role kind of like what Bob Stoops does at Oklahoma or what uh, what Nick Saban's going to end up doing at, at Alabama. I know Daryl Royal at Texas was able to keep, you know, he was on the payroll for a long time afterwards because it meant something to coach, to, to parents and to high school coaches. And he would go and talk to recruits. And that was something that he was still around. And, you know, and I think that there was points where they probably could have talked to him more about football, but he was still on the payroll and still doing things with the team for years because the legendary coach, and once you win those national championships, they like to keep you around as long as they can. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, th- those are all interesting points of where these guys, it's still the craziest to have all those great coaches all not be at their jobs in such a succession is just nuts. To have Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll, three of the greatest to ever do it, all not coaching their teams within a couple days, within hours of each other at some point for two of those guys, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, which we did. We haven't talked as much about Bill Belichick, which I haven't even really mentioned as much today. Uh, the Bill Belichick, we didn't even get that story. We're supposed to get into it in this hour. Uh, the Bill Belichick is out uh, at the Patriots. Uh, he started in 2006, time champion. Uh, he's got 302 wins. This is the number, and this is the reason why there's a mutual parting of ways. This is where everything else, where the craft wants to move on. He goes, last three years have been tough. All of that goes around to, I think, at the end of the day, Bill Belichick, he's 71, I believe, uh, but he knows 
he is really close to being the all-time winningest coach and something that is probably never going to get passed by anybody else. So if he can get that, then he puts his name on all these other records that maybe get broken or maybe something else happens. That one feels like it's kind of out of reach in today's NFL where people don't keep you around. Where a Mike Vrabel, who you know was a coach of a year a couple years ago and doing really well, has two bad seasons and he's out. I think that it's going to be harder for anybody to get there. He has 302 wins. George Hallis has 318. Don Shula has 328. So he can get there in two if he has a really good team. But in three years, pretty easily, three three 10-win seasons, and he's there. He's got the record. I mean, three nine-win seasons, he's got the record. So you, you just have to get to a good enough team. Uh, I still think the Chargers are the best place for Bill Belichick to land. I still think that the, the Chargers make the most sense of the biggest problem that he's had is not having a quarterback. And if you look at the positions that are currently open, if we're going to say someone is not going to bring him in to replace somebody else because he's available, that you have the Panthers, he's not going to the Panthers. Like that, That's a, too much of a rebuild, too much time. It's got a crazy owner. He's not going there. The Titans, he's not going to go there. They just fired his buddy and Mike Vrabel, and you know that's a rebuild as well. I don't think he's going to the Titans. They'll talk to him, but I don't see him going there either. Uh, the Raiders, he, I don't think he's dealing with Mark Davis, so I think we can cross that one off. Uh, the Seahawks, I, I think right now we're all saying that the, the front runner for the Seahawks gig is Dan Quinn. So if we say he's not going to be the guy, Dan Quinn is going to be the guy, then the Seahawks are probably out. Plus, they just got rid of Bill. Like It's a weird move to go Pete Carroll to Bill Belichick. Just seems like a kind of a not a lateral move, but a but somewhat lateral move. Uh, the Commanders are an interesting one, uh, but it basically leaves the Commanders, the Chargers, and the Falcons as your three teams that I think have a real shot to get Bill Belichick to go after him. The Falcons are said to be really going after him. I think Arthur Blank wants to get a guy who wants to win now, who wants to use their players. It, you know, for for. Uh, for Bill Belichick, there is some good defense there. He can kind of build the team defensively how he wants to build it. He's got some good young talent on offense to get an offensive coordinator in, whether he brings Bill O'Brien with him, whether he goes and gets Josh McDaniels again, uh, which I'd hate to see to Bijan for that to happen. But he can go get an offensive mind uh, to put on that end, uh, not Matt Patricia, put an offensive mind on the Falcons, uh, on the offensive end, coach that defense up, and, and kind of bring some more structure. And in a division where you feel nine or ten wins is very doable. That the Saints are not necessarily going to all of a sudden blow up. The Tampa Bay is not necessarily all of a sudden. None of those teams really seem to be on the rise as much as the Falcons in that division. That the Falcons have Kyle Pitts, they have Drake London, they have B. John Robinson, they have some pieces. So it does make sense there, but they don't have a quarterback. And if I'm Bill Belichick and I know the today's game and I don't have a quarterback, that worries me a bit. And I have to go find a rookie and hope it works out. It didn't work out with Mac Blake. Did the first season, did his, his rookie season, but I have to find him there. If I go to the Commanders, same problem. Tons of cap room. Maybe I can go get a veteran, but they just trade away their whole D-line. I got to rebuild that defense now. And they got money, but can I get guys? And do guys really want to come play for Bill Belichick? I think some do, and I think a lot don't because they know what it is. They know the work that goes into it. So you're going to get some guys, but you're not going to be able to just go out and spend the money and get everybody. But the Chargers with Khalil Mack, with Joey Bosa, with some really good players on that defense, with some real defensive talent, with Justin Herbert, a real player, with the offense that has, with the, all the pieces there, that you could probably win two games. You could go for a Super Bowl next year if you're on the on the Chargers. 
If you get the right guys in there, the Chargers could go for a Super Bowl next year with Bill Belichick. I think that makes the most sense for a guy who probably has less than four years left in his career. And maybe he's going to coach for more, but I think four years is really the max you're going to see left of Bill Belichick. And it's all assuming he doesn't walk away, which I don't think any of us think he is. That, to me, makes the most sense. But if the ownership, that's the problem. Maybe he doesn't trust the Spanos. Maybe he doesn't trust that they really are going to be able to spend. Maybe he sees the writing on the wall that they spent too much money already and it could blow up in a year. And he could get one good year, and if he doesn't win and just trying to install things and it doesn't work in one year, they got to start trading players off, and he's downhill there. So the Falcons may be the place. I think the Chargers make the most sense. If you can make it work and Bill Belichick can work his magic, that makes the most sense for me. But I think the Falcons are second. The Commanders are a third because you have to build too much on that defense for Bill Belichick. That's just my opinion. And we'll see what happens uh, in the coming days, uh, where he ends up, where everybody ends up. I was kind of surprised they didn't try and trade him, but I think the same issue that the uh, the Titans talked about, which is the amount of time you have to wait while they conduct all of their interviews before they make that trade just kind of puts you so behind the eight ball. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll hit some more text, some sound from me. I'll hook them up with Ian Robbie. When we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex. Of the horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on a Thursday afternoon. Just finishing up some Bowie for you here. Getting to 512 Friday tomorrow, but it's Bowie's birthday on Monday. So we've been playing some David Bowie all week long. No reason, no bad reason to play David Bowie all week long. Always one of my favorites. Rebel Rebel there. From David Bowie. Text line is rolling. Uh 512-447-3776. Uh Bebo Angel says worst trade was giving up all those picks and all that money for Russell Wilson to Denver. My Broncos are in full rebuild mode. I think this fits in. The actual question is the trade you hated the most, most hated trade, but I think this fits for you if you say your Broncos are in full rebuild mode. Uh, I think that we can agree that you uh, you you maybe hate that trade the most too. You maybe hate that trade the most too. Uh, <laughs> Nate says, Ty trading gummies for pants was not a fair trade. Look, I, Ty, I think, you know, just, just out there enjoying life. I like Ty. He's a good guy. I always enjoy it. We used to do uh, Instant Series together. We used to, back several years ago, we were doing, uh, when I was doing the Monday night show, and uh, he would be producing it when he first started up here. It was always fun to talk with Ty some sports. Uh, maybe he'll come on the sports complex one day. Maybe we'll get him on here. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to feel yourself, and, you know, you need, you need to move around unencumbered. <laughs> I don't know how, how you walk out into 40-degree temperature and don't know you don't have pants on, but... You know, teach their own. Teach their own. No, I'm not. No, I'm not judging Ty. I'm not going to judge him. Uh, texture says he knew Saban's time was ending when he screamed and cried about nil, and no one jumped. Uh, I don't think he was that bad. About it. I think he wanted more money. I think he he more or less was always trying to go to the donors and get more money. And all those coaches don't want to pay nil. And I think it's still it's that thing where you hear the phrase and they know that someone comes up to him and goes, "Well, I could get two million here," and they go, "No, you can't." And I can't yell at you. 
or else you're not going to come here. Because be like, he was rude. He kept telling me I couldn't make two million dollars. Like you're not making two million anywhere. That's why guys keep going to places like Ohio State and then transfer out because they're promised one thing and told another. And they go, well, if you win us a national championship, we'll pay you. Like, no, once I've done it, you're not going to pay me because I'm gone. It's, you know, it's unregulated. It needs to be regulated and it'll be much better. But uh, I, I don't know. I think it's more, he's working, he's a 72 year old man who's been working like 16 hour days for the past 25, 30 years. I think that may be more of it than anything else. But, and he just can't do it anymore. Where, you know, when you wake up and you're like, and you get up and you go, and then you're like, I don't remember what I'm doing as you get older. I think it's live. And look, NIL, yes, transport, of course, is part of the decision. I don't think that's what made him do it this week, though. Uh, Texture says, I think Belichick is going to the NFC just so he doesn't have to play New England as much. I could believe that as well. And that also falls into uh, the, the Falcons' position where he doesn't have to play them as much. I'm just saying, man, in the NFL where you need to have a quarterback, I don't like. I just I don't know how you can get away from not having a like. I it scare it would scare me too much to go. Well, I'll just go to the Falcons and then I'll hope that I get a Michael Penix or I hope I get that. And I mean, maybe he'll say trade away whatever future draft pick because I'm not going to be here and I don't care and go get me the top you know a top three pick and I'll get Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or or uh, Caleb Williams. And I'll, I'll be fine with any of those guys. We can make them work. I mean, he's still got to figure out who would be an offensive coordinator for him. Does he bring in Josh McDaniels, you know, who's as toxic as can be at this point? And and Josh McDaniels apparently had his guys that he really wanted. And I mean, he did apparently scout C.J. Stroud, right? Maybe that's revisionist history, but he said he wanted to give up the, the entire uh, basically franchise to go get C.J. Stroud uh, in a deal and trade up to number one to get it. Uh, and they weren't able to get that deal, and the Panthers do. But I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you uh, if he really cares that much or if it's going to be about money, ownership, and who gives him the best chance to win 20, what, 27 more games? 27 more games? That's really what it is. Who gives him the best chance to win 27 more games before he retires and not fire him and not do anything else? That, that's to me, is the, uh, the better, the biggest question, is who gives him the best chance to win 27 more games? Uh, Texter says Dan Quinn to Seattle. I, that that seems to be the one. Everyone is saying that Dan Quinn has always kind of made it known that that was his dream job, was that Seattle job after coaching there, that that's where he wanted to go back to eventually. Pete Carroll ever left. It is now open. He is not a head coach anywhere else. Uh, the Cowboys are in a really tough spot that unless they get blown out this week by the Packers, which should not happen, that Mike McCarthy is probably going to stay as coach. It's hard to get rid of him with how well the offense has played with him as a play caller. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy guy, but I also know that it's hard to get rid of a coach with that level of success if, unless it's a catastrophic failure in the playoffs and then he has shown that he cannot coach in the playoffs and that's what matters. Then you may have to make that move and then you can offer Dan Quinn, but then you're offering Dan Quinn to stay and you have to match and make it more, you know, uh, a better deal for him to stay than, than go to Seattle where he really has full control and he'll have more control hiring his staff. He gets to still work with a Pete Carroll, who he likes a lot, and he'll be an advisor there, and they can work together, which is maybe is better than Jerry, but who knows? I, I would say that Dan Quinn is probably on his way to Seattle. And maybe Seattle wants a complete different change. You know, we're not judging in that Seattle may say, well, we don't want to stick with Dan Quinn either. We need a complete rebuild and a complete reshake. That's why we got rid of Pete Carroll. We wanted Dan Quinn, we kept Pete Carroll. They, Seattle could just say, we don't want that. We don't, we want to get, we're moving on from that part of our history. 
They could, but I don't know. I like I just don't know how you say no to Dan Quinn if you're Seattle, and I don't know how you say uh, how Dan Quinn says no to Seattle unless Dallas just comes with everything. And I don't know if that's the right hire for them either. Just to try and keep you know keep the guys you got, and I, it's a it's a tough place. It's not what I'm sure it's not what Jerry Jones wanted to see. Not what Jerry wanted to see at all. Uh, Texter says, would Bill O'Brien be considered for the Alabama job? No. Uh, I can pretty much give you a resounding no that Bill O'Brien was so bad as an offensive coordinator, he he broke the coaching car wash. That Bill O'Brien was, you know, how Sark went through it and a bunch of other coaches went through Saban where it kind of reformed their image and made them very hireable. Sark went through where he couldn't get a job and ends up as a head coach at Texas through Alabama. He gets like an advisor role, then uh, ends up going to Atlanta as offensive coordinator, then comes back to Alabama and and gets a head coaching job at Texas through that. Bill O'Brien went through, and all reports were that he was not very well liked and that the offense didn't work, and he's not a college guy anymore, and he was not necessarily a college guy before at Penn State when he got hired, and he needed to go back to the NFL and recruiting-wise and everything else. I don't think Alabama was a fan of him. Now, that's not saying that he couldn't go somewhere else and have success. He, I don't think he's a terrible coach. He's right in that range where he's not a terrible coach. He's not a terrible guy, but he's also not necessarily, if you're trying to, if you're a billionaire trying to build your franchise or if you're a school like Alabama who's trying to replace Nick Saban, that's not the guy I would put out there and go, hey, you're going to be under some of the most scrutiny of any head coach in NFL or in NCAA football history. Can you deal with that without breaking? I don't know if that's the guy I would put out there. Another texter, Tez, uh, great riff. Yes, great riff uh, from Rebel Rebel, I know. It's, he's not talking about me just riffing over here. and he, I think he's talking about Rebel Rebel because it is a great riff uh, playing David Bowie all week long. Text line still open, 512-447-3776. Uh, poll of the day is what is your most hated trade? Any sport, any time, you tell us we most hated trade. I told you I really didn't like. I don't know. I have to think harder. I know I should think more about these when I write them down myself. Uh, but I, the Dennis Rodman, Sean Elliott trade was one that I just hated. I wasn't a fan of it as a kid because he got rid of Sean Elliott, and I had Sean Elliott Taco I, Taco Gabbana cups and all that stuff. So I wasn't a fan of that at all. Uh, but uh, it, it ends up that uh, Sean Elliott ends up back because of the kidney thing and he gets a transplant. That whole story. Dennis Rodman, though, does not work out, and you have the the tension with him and Greg Popovich where Popovich is trying to get him to fall in line and the whole Jerry Lucas, well, you can dye your hair. What could go wrong with that? So what's your most hated trade? We're asking that. If you got any takes on the NBA trade deadline, who you want your, your team to get, who you're looking at over there, college basketball, anything in the NFL as well, send that in on the text line, and we're trying to get to everybody before we get out of the show. I uh, do want to also mention uh, for Texans fans, good news, and you never want to celebrate an injury, but the Browns Pro Bowl defensive back Denzel Ward, one of the best defensive backs in uh, football, was injured at practice today, makes him questionable for the game on Saturday. Uh, could be a big break for C.J. Stroud and the Texans if you take out a Pro Bowl defensive back. And we know uh, to Texans fans want to show off their defensive back, the Derek Stingley, who has lost because of injuries last year and wasn't the greatest player last season uh, for Texas. Not all his own fault. Uh, and then Sauce Gardner comes out, who was picked right after him and has a one of the best uh, rookie seasons of a defensive back ever. A lot of people got on them for drafting Stingley instead. Stingley stepped up now. He's a Pro Bowl alternate. Probably should have been on the Pro Bowl, but I think a lot of uh, writers and voters basically weren't watching Texans games for 90% of the season, which I understand, covering sports. You know, if I wasn't a Texans guy, I wouldn't be watching them all season long either. 
Uh, there's, you know, you don't think that this team that has been complete garbage for the last three seasons is going to all of a sudden step up and be great. Uh, so it is. And before that, they had Bill O'Brien, which we just talked about. So I, I get why you didn't see that. Uh, NBA NFL also announced today that the four teams that will be home for the overseas games next year are the Bears and Vikings in Tottenham. Uh, in Munich will be the Panthers, and of course in London will be the Jaguars. The Jaguars want to make London their kind of secondary home city. Uh, and it's just you know, you got Jacksonville and London. That's your two. You know, Florida and, and Florida and England they just go together. You know, those two team places that probably don't like each other very much. Uh, those will be the four going uh, with the international expansion of the NFL. Uh, you expect to see that list grow and grow as more teams and more games are added. And they want to go to South America as well and add more games for that. It would be interesting to see what happens uh, going forward there in the NFL. Uh, Nate says, how about one Elvis song? We're already past it. So it's 512 Friday tomorrow. And You know what? I'm not, I'm not a hater on Elvis, Nate. I'm not a hater, but I'm also... It was it was not anything I ever really got into. So there's some stuff I can like, but I like people covering it more. And I like the originals that he stole or covered, or I don't want to say he stole them, but it was were given to him by people that other people were doing and writing. And so I, you know, I but I just I've never been a hugest Elvis fan. I understand his impact on the business. I get all that. But if I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play a rebel and a crazy one. And I think Elvis was crazy not in the way I like crazy. Elvis is crazy in the he's got a lot of guns crazy. And like he's holding all of them at once. Now you can have guns, but if you're holding them all at once, that kind of crazy. That that's kind of Elvis crazy. And David Bowie was crazy that we played a song uh, about Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars. And that's kind of the crazier I can get into. You know, to take too many edibles and forget to wear pants, kind of crazy. That kind of crazy you can get into. Uh, <laughs> Freak nasty ATX says, uh, uh, I just thought of something as Cowboys fans. If we lose first round and Jerry fires McCarthy, just does he hire Pete Carroll to keep Dan Quinn on as a DC and head coach in waiting? No, 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 no. Uh, and also, Pete Carroll, I believe, is still under contract, and so there's all this stuff that you would have to go through all this red tape to get him away from the Seahawks. But no, uh, there is uh, the Bill Belichick one, though. Uh, apparently, Jerry Jones really likes Bill Belichick. I can't imagine that he would let him buy the groceries, as Bill Parcells once said, that he would let him buy the groceries, but... Uh, that that's somebody that if they lose this week, he's calling Bill Belichick. 100% he's going to call him. We'll get to that. Uh, average Joe most hated trades, Nolan Ryan and George Springer. Yep, I'm with you on those. They they couldn't keep George. Uh, it was a shame that they didn't want to pay him, but I still like George a lot. Uh, how worried should Texans fans be that Sark may go to Alabama? Not worried. I, I can't say nothing because Bo Davis wasn't going to go and then ended up going, but that was more about you know coaching his kid and everything else. But I would say not worried. I would say not worried. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, wrap the show up, get to finish up your text, 512-447-3776, uh, right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and Horn FM.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, a couple more texts we did get in. Uh, my Angels trading Mike Napoli for Vernon Wells and then choosing to trade for Lucas Giolito instead of trading Otani. And I had to fuel for the fire. Toronto sent Napoli to the Rangers, and he backed a uh, key figure to their 2011 run. Yeah, I, I also don't like the fact they didn't trade Otani. Hopefully, to the, the uh, knowing what we know now, to the Blue Jays, and maybe he would have stayed and not gone to the Dodgers and helped them just create a dynasty over there. Nah. 
Uh, and then this one, this is the best. To me, one of the worst trades of all time is DeAndre Hopkins trade where they got it basically back in uh, essentially nothing. That's one of the reasons I left being a Texans fan, but I'm back. They're playing on Saturday in the playoffs, and it makes me happy. We'll talk more about it tomorrow and everything else you guys want to talk about on the text line. Thanks for playing along. But until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here for more on the Sports Complex.